Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Believe, a Ted Lasso podcast. I'm Julian. And I'm Tom. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We are Team Binge. If you're looking for season two of Ted Lasso, <laughs> you're not going to find it here tonight. Tom and I decided to do kind of a palate cleanser between season one and season two. We really enjoyed season one. So we wanted to go back and just kind of recap some of the stuff that we talked about, some of our favorite moments. So you could call this Ted Lasso 1.11. Could I? You could. Okay. Or you could call it Ted Lasso 2.0. Okay. Okay, yeah, because the next one would be 2.1. I see what you're trying to do. Uh, I am doing it successfully. Thank you. <laughs> this is me trying to think about how I'm going to post this and what numbers I'm going to put behind it. Just call it a uh, season one recap episode. It doesn't have to have a number. You've obviously never listened to our podcast. All our podcasts have numbers, and we're not going to break theme now. <laughs> I think I may have to remember not to turn to look at you because of the microphone, but that's just a little bit behind us podcasters in our world so you're keeping all this in right you're not going to edit that piece? i will not edit any mistakes for this one okay. this is a bonus episode all right so <laughs> what we're going to go to is talk about just some favorite stuff from season one mm -hmm. so uh, we hope you'll join us first question so tom of season one ted lasso what was your favorite episode uh it's a great question julian i appreciate you asking that thank you tom um, thank you for being here <laughs> thank you <laughs> I think from going back and looking at uh, the episode list, I think there was a lot of gems. I think my favorite had to be Two Aces. Uh, I think the introduction of Danny Rojas was fantastic. The haunted treatment room, uh, also fantastic gags. This is where we got the famous or infamous Ted practice uh, rant with Jamie in the locker room. Okay, the Allen Iverson yes, rant. Sure. Yeah, kind of the reboot, which took me by surprise at first, but was a lot of fun. What number is this? Uh, oh, I have no idea. Okay. Four, maybe? No, I think it's deeper than that. Is Sorry, keep going. Okay, yeah, you look it up. We had kind of the, the sacrifices everybody had to do with kind of that team bonding event. This is when Jamie finally turned um, and seemingly was that domino to kind of fall over. Uh, we get the amazing Cindy Clawford uh, reference of uh, Higgins' cat. A moment of silence for Cindy Clawford. Clawford. And we're back. Okay, we're back. Um, the and then arms of, of the angels. Yes, and then of course we had um, some amazing uh, Schadenfreude, which was <laughs> which I had. It was funny in the episode. It was more funny when we recorded it. Yes, no, that sometimes happens. <laughs> um, it was episode six. Six. That's so, close. Plus yeah. or minus two. No, no, no. You, you. I appreciated that episode as well. I think the gag of um the place being haunted and all of them having to bring something mm -hmm. and speak that's probably the one of the episodes where you meet more of the team yes like because you meet like some of them they're in the background but that's probably it was jamie roy sam were kind of the the main guys right and then, like i called isaac and i still am blanking on the other guy's name that were kind of like jamie's cronies colin colin yeah like they didn't really get much screen time and then we got to know them a little bit more and some of the other ancillary characters on the team but yeah, just an all-around fantastic, fun episode. Introduction of our, bo our boy Danny Rojas, Football is Life, was just great because um, it was kind of getting, not necessarily stale, but I think they needed another big personality on the team. So that Sure. Was no, I like that episode. Good. My favorite episode is episode three, 
Trent Krim, the independent. Mm. I love Trent Krim. <laughs> I love everything about Trent Krim. I hope they do a spinoff show about Trent Krim. <laughs> I hope it goes seven seasons in a movie. Um, Trent Krim is where we bring Nate into the fold. Nate gives the idea to uh, do the trick play, essentially, where Jamie's a decoy, uh, which upsets Jamie, <laughs> delights Roy. We see that dynamic. We get the back and forth about the uh, picture headlines with Keeley and Ted. Oh, yes. Uh, Lasso creates fiasco. <laughs> Paso, I don't, you know, you can't underestimate the power of rhyming in this country. We get the, not necessarily introduction, but he goes into more depth about Ted's philosophy on it's not about wins and losses. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, making these guys better young men than they were before. Everyone gets a book in this episode, right. which is great. Uh, Jamie throws his in the trash and Roy actually reads his, which is a, a lot of fun. He, and then they go to the school and watching Roy interact with children mm -hmm. uh, and just be mean to them is great. <laughs> and then the, the dinner scene in itself, dealing with, with Trent, uh, Trent getting to learn about Ted. And then the callback of Ted going to the restaurant of the cab driver mm -hmm. like you understand like ted cares about people um he cares about trent and trent who is a cynic and maybe i like this scene or this episode so much because i'm a cynic <laughs> and i see a lot of myself in trent yeah and then trent getting won over by ted made it my my favorite episode one of my favorite jokes is when Rebecca says, I talked to the owner of the sun. <laughs> and Ted goes, You talked to God? God? Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites. So that episode three, definitely my favorite episode. And as I was looking through these, did you have like runners up or was it pretty clean cut what your favorite was? No, there were definitely some other ones that kind of stood out. I think. Did you find it was more towards the beginning of the season or like later episodes? Because I find. And maybe it's because since I've introduced this show to people, mm -hmm. I have watched the like front half of the season, probably more than the back half. I yeah. find most of my favorites are within that first like five episode. Well, I think that the pilot's always tough because there's a lot of uh, introduction. Yeah, yeah, a lot of work that the show has to do to get us get us in. I, I think, yeah, episode two, three, kind of getting you set up. Um, I was surprised your favorite episode wasn't uh, the Michelle uh, divorce episode. I thought that might be up on on your list. Yeah, no, it was a it was a close. It was probably <laughs> in the top ten. <laughs> top ten. Um, but yeah, I, I think episode three was fantastic, the Trent Krim, because it allows you to like. I think the audience in general is kind of skeptical almost of Ted and like why he is so honest and open and optimistic. Sure. And having Trent Krim kind of come in there as kind of like an outsider and diving in, and when Trent writes that. Um, article at the end which i love the way they kind of do that he's reading the article uh while we're kind of showing cutting from different scenes uh really kind of tells you a lot about um how ted is able to rub off on people and sure. certainly did for for trent um but yeah i i liked i think i probably liked maybe mid-season where they're kind of like setting up the dynamics i think a lot of the jamie and roy stuff whenever they're kind of going at it is such a fun time like at the dinner yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i considered the for the children tom mm. i considered for the children <laughs> for the children <laughs> but ultimately and... decided nah, no 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 i'm doing this for me not the children for us um, those little well, maybe for me yeah <laughs> 
but you're right yeah any interaction between them and that's part of that the one the the part i liked about the trent Grimm episode is when roy does the evaluating what the funniest thing he's ever seen is and it's <laughs> jamie being upset that he's used as a decoy during the play <laughs> Let us know what your guys' favorite episode is. We probably should have somehow involved audience participation in this discussion. But we care about you, but not enough to send out some sort of poll or something. Listen, that's on them. They've they've had our Twitter handle. They've had our email for a while. They could have reached out. And they knew we were doing all these categories. Uh, we didn't know we were doing the categories. But they could have. We they should have read our minds. They should have. I they agree, Tom. Yep. You're right. We're, should, Freud. We're right and fair. <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> Favorite quote, Tom. Talk me through your favorite quote. <sighs> this was a tough one. This is tough. This is a tough one because there's a lot of great quotes. <clears throat> and I'll bear with me because this is a long Tom, quote. I will bear with you forever. Oh, thanks, bro. Um, this is a long quote, but through birth, <laughs> through death, wait, wait. through what's through the afterlife uh... or reincarnation. Ooh, I don't know if we're gonna be in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> i'll write you letters okay How about that all right all right favorite quote Sorry, uh, favorite quote okay i will bear with you yeah bear with me here because this is it had to be nate nate's my boy um your favorite quote is from nate my favorite quote is 100 oh, percent oh okay i'm interested I, I laughed out loud multiple times from rewatching this sequence here we go talking to ted now ted asking him you know why he doesn't want to give you advice that nate <laughs> that you won't like my idea, that it makes you hate me, and then you fire me, and then I have to go back with my parents, or live with my parents, and they'll be ashamed of me, and everyone finds out back home and laughs at me until my face melts off. Excuse me. Just... At least he didn't stutter. <laughs> yes. At least he did. Thank you for picking up the bottle. But I just love, like, that whole sequence and just Nate so, like, self-deprecating right there. Sure. And just... We've seen him to go throughout the season of getting a little bit more self-confidence, but he still sure. is nowhere near where he needs to be. Um, and it's just... That just tickled my funny bone, man. I right. love that. Do you think it's also your favorite line because we had to do like seven takes of it when we did that episode? False. I crushed it on the first take. I didn't do I it as well that time. You, do, you yeah. did crush it on the first yeah. day. No, it's a it's a great quote. I should have seen, I don't know, my assumption is that it would be a lasso quote because the show's named after the man, but nope. I should have known you'd go after Ted. I'm sorry, after Nate. <laughs> Ooh, Can I give um, you a, well, I'll let you do yours. I do have a runner up. I don't want to. No, no, no. Let's hear your runner up. My my runner up is the the Keely and Roy uh, back and forth when Keely asks him, uh, "Didn't your last girlfriend steal your Rolex and sell it for <laughs> drug money?" And Roy's like, "I don't need a phone and a watch." Again, comedy and gold. a watch. <laughs> okay, so you went funny. I went maybe a little bit more uh, heartfelt. More. No, I don't know. You tell me. So mine was, and it's not even a very good quote. It's just the exchange is. Uh, when Roy like calls Ted a clown and leaves upon their like first meeting, mm -hmm. and Ted turns to Beard, and he so and he says he thinks he's mad now. Well, <laughs> wait till we win him over. And then Beard's response is he'll be furious. <laughs> and just the way he delivers that line, so not necessarily the quote, but just the exchange. Yeah. And once again, there was so much like in that exchange and in that quote of we've been here before mm -hmm. he's the domino that's got to fall we're gonna win these guys over and then the call back in the last one right 
where Roy's like, you make it so difficult to love you. That sequence is like the first time that like Roy and them are like having an exchange, right? Like they have a little bit on the field or Roy, pitch, whatever. But... Yeah, Roy walks by the locker room. Ted's like, hey, you know, just wanted to say you've had, you know, a great career. We're, you know, very impressed. Mm -hmm. And that's when Roy says, yeah, I didn't expect my career to be ended <laughs> uh, by being coached by Ronald Bleepin' McDonald. <laughs> and that's when they go into that. Oh, um, yeah. And I, it, those I, back and forth with Ted and, and Beard, where Beard just kind of does the quick little like liner back to him, those are always fantastic. Right. The last one I would mention is my runner-up would be, and I think it's from the Trent Krim episode, is when he says, when Ted says, for me, success is not about wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. I mean, that's what the whole show is about. So that's one of my favorite quotes. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a coach caring about his players. I don't think that'd be Beard's favorite quote. No. No. Beard is, no. Beard is Beard's... about wins and wins. <laughs> Beard's favorite quote is, I hate losing. <laughs> yeah. Which actually should have been my favorite quote <laughs> because it touches my soul deeply. Uh, we wanted to talk about favorite puns. Yeah. Now, I think... We, I don't know if we designated whether or not this has to be a Ted pun or not. I zagged here. My favorite pun is not a Ted pun. Okay, mine is. I don't know, pun slash quote, I guess, from sure. me. Sure. I would say it's uh, Ted's, um, for me, locker rooms are a lot like mom's bathing suits. I only want to see them in one piece. Nice. <laughs> Very good. That's a good one. Mine was, and maybe I don't understand the definition of a pun. That's not a I don't know if that was a pun. It's okay. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, no one will tell us we're wrong because that's not how the internet works. <laughs> My favorite one was Ted and Higgins are going to have lunch. Um, oh, I and know it. <laughs> Ted, as he leaves the room, is like, hey, Higgins, I'll see you at lunch. We're having salads in my office or whatever. And Higgins says, Caesar, you later. <laughs> And that then Ted bursts back in and he's like, yes, yes. <laughs> he runs back in. I love that one. I'm going to assume that's a pun. It's a play on words, right? I'm, I mean, if I guess if I had to do a, a pun, which I what I know is a pun, I can probably go to the plethora of dairy puns that were used. Any of the, I'm going to call them the 2% Milk Sisters, any of those. Mm, yep, do they expire? Gold. Yep. A lot of good ones there. <laughs> They're not coming. Oh, did they expire? Oh, so good. And then let's get serious here, Tom. Let's do it. As we get older, mm -hmm. as we have more life experiences, we grow as human beings. I'm a grower, not a shower. What? Wait. Okay. We grow <laughs> in terms of character and personality. That's what I meant. Oh. Where does your mind go? I Okay. <laughs> That's where my mind was. Got warm in here. Um, who? I love making you uncomfortable. I, I'm, I'm glad you do. In terms of character development, in terms of character growth, who had your favorite kind of character growth arc during season one? I'm going to give you the, the first bit here, because I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we have some overlap. I'll let you go first. I, I zagged again, or zigged. <laughs> I don't know what the kids say. Let's but, see it. Wait, um, wait, was it the rickshaw driver from the uh, <laughs> Children for the Children episode? No, with no? the okay. uh, weird uh, honking horn. Mm -hmm. No, my favorite growth, and it's kind of, I don't know that it's necessarily subtle, but you got to kind of look for it because they're not main characters. But mine is uh, Isaac and Colin. Mm. From the relationship standpoint of your first experience with them is them harassing Nate, them like bullying Nate, and mm -hmm. then being just like Jamie's yes men henchmen yeah and like not being likable 
and they slowly go from that to hey we're not allowed to make fun of you at the gala <laughs> because roy hit me in the face and i can't see straight or something like that <laughs> and i'm not supposed to drink is i think colin's uh, response but no they go from that to then they're like rooting nate on as he gives his locker room speech mm-hmm. They carry him out uh, of the karaoke club on his mm-hmm. shoulders. Um, and then, yeah, they're just like, you can see they have bought in with uh, bought in with Nate mm-hmm. and, uh, and the team as well. Uh, Isaac eventually becomes the captain. So my growth was guys that are seemingly like surface Jamie Henchman to they love Nate. They care about the team. And you even see it when Jamie's like, hey, like they put him on second string and he's like, hey, go get the cones. And Colin's like, no, you you go get the... Yeah, they asked you to, bro. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. Those are good picks. I like those. I kind of kept it in the main cast. I kind of went back and forth between my boy Nate and Roy. Um, But I think Nate Nate grew, but he's still, you know, he's still got some growing, I think, to do. I think my number one was Roy. Yeah. I loved loved Roy's storyline. We first meet him. He's just this stubborn sob that seemingly, you know, he knows kind of all. He doesn't give Ted the time of day. Um, as we kind of see throughout this series, you know, Ted kind of keeps nudging him, nudging him, and uh, eventually he kind of falls. But it wasn't easy. And then we talked about this during the pause that the show wouldn't have been as good if a character like Roy just flipped so quickly. Right. Uh, Ted had to work hard at it, and I think it was all earned um, the way he did it. But I think Roy also had to not only grow to appreciate Ted and his coaching style, but he needed to look into himself because he knew he was in the twilight of his career. Sure. Um, and he knew he's not the same player that he was. And I, I think as we see in the final episode, he he accepts not only, I think episode before, not being part of the starting 11, but then accepts the fact that, you know, hey, this injury is likely going to be the end and um, is still there with the team and right. is going to be there. So I'm very interested to see what they do in season two. We know sure. he's obviously going to be around. They obviously hinted very heavily that he's going to retire. So hopefully they figure out a, a fun way to keep him integrated because he was obviously a very fantastic character. Yeah, Roy's great. I agree with you in terms of if it's not going to be Colin and Isaac, the number one people for growth in the show. The second for me would have been Roy as well. And, and I I revisited this because episode three, my favorite episode, is the one where he gets or he's reading Wheel of Time. Right. He realizes <laughs> he's got to be like a leader. He's got to protect Nate from Jamie and say mm-hmm. something to the team. But in that episode, he still hasn't turned like no. completely to lasso. Yep. He's still like he yells at him in the schoolyard. Like, am I the little girl? <laughs> I'd like you to be like they go through all that. And then. I think it's an important point to mention because you and I both are sports guys. We love our sports. We love watching the sports on the TV. Mm-hmm. We love watching other people play the sports. You like kicking things <laughs> at people's heads. Correct. Um, you also like kicking people, which is something I want to talk with you about. <laughs> but at the end of the episode or the episode of the season, his decision to like essentially sit himself, give the captain's ban over mm-hmm. is something we don't see in sports in terms of someone being willing to like take a step back Mm -hmm. the majority of the time you see these guys they won't retire or they won't let the new guy like take the position and grow uh and it very rarely ever works out where they like go from team to team trying to find past glory yeah so 
And that's why I didn't, you know, one of the things they have the conversation about in Ted's flat is Roy's talking about like going to play in America or going mm -hmm. to play on another team. And he's been with Richmond so long, you know, the thing you want and like those fans probably want is for him to retire from that club. Exactly. And, yeah. So good. I like it. Next, I would like to talk about my good friend, Thomas, your favorite heartwarming moment from the show. I feel like this is, <clears throat> I don't think there's anything, there's a lot of heartwarming moments. So I think there's a lot to choose from and I'd be mm -hmm. interested to see what you say. But to me, this scene is far and away better than anyone. And I think it's the dart sequence when, you know, he kind of talks about being curious and not judgmental kind of sure. uses the Walt Whitman quote. Um, <clears throat> I just think it was just so incredibly powerful, so simplistic in its delivery uh, with him kind of playing darts and seemingly hustling Rupert. Right. Um, but yeah, just the way he, so much is revealed in that. Um, and it's not, he's not necessarily saying a lot. He's just talking about, you know, if you were curious, Rupert, you would have asked if I played darts and you would have known how good I am. You would have known I've been playing, you know, I played with my dad since I was 10 to 16, right before he passed. Right. Uh, it was just really powerful. And, and that as you're watching this scene, it's focusing on Ted and he keeps cutting randomly or not randomly, but cutting intermittently to Rebecca. And it's Rebecca kind of, you know, starting to realize, like, I have not asked this guy any questions. He's right. been nothing but kind and nothing but nice to me. Um, and I think it was a really powerful moment for her as a character um, to kind of um, open up and be the Rebecca we see at the end of the season, who is, you know, what uh, Sassy says is the, the real Rebecca. Sure. You almost wish her turn happened then. <clears throat> yes. And it's interesting you bring that point up because he is doing that for her. Like, he has stepped up to challenge Rupert. He calls it white knighting. He's <laughs> yeah. like, some people would call it white knighting, but I'm just going with it. Or I'm just making it up as I go. Yep. But like, he is putting himself out there either to lose or be made a fool. Like mm -hmm. he's put some skin in the game, but he's doing it because Rupert has been so terrible to her mm -hmm. in that moment. And so this was my best scene. We talked heartwarming and best scene. So uh, I will talk this scene as well. But no, I mean, you, you hit it all on the head. He's standing up for Rebecca. Be curious, not judgmental. You, we see some stuff about his childhood. Um, so yeah, great, great scene. And just the music's well done. Mm -hmm. The way Jason Sudeikis plays it, like in terms of you can see like he is remembering his dad. Mm -hmm. He's like going through like how familiar darts is for him and like what it means to him. Yeah. And it helps to have Rupert as the foil because Rupert is a bastard. <laughs> Just the worst. Yeah. But yeah, this is one of the, to me, this is the thing I probably, the, the quote that I took away from this, this whole season is that be curious, not judgmental. Sure. Because I, I do feel that I'm not curious in, in a lot of aspects of my life. Sometimes I don't, you know, think to ask questions and, and judge book by its covers or judge people I work with or acquaintances when... Um, I should be doing more to get to know people. And it's it's not easy nowadays, but um, yeah, definitely a really powerful one for me. Great mm -hmm. scene. So I will take a second, like a close second heartwarming scene. And this one's going to surprise you. I feel like you might gasp. You might react to I this might, one. I might do like a uh, Leslie Higgins and go, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when someone lies. Uh, I was like, no, 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 no. <clears throat> but... Uh, you may faint, so I'll wake you up with uh, spelling salts if you do faint. Sure. Mine was uh, when they are tossing things into the fire, and they get to the point where Jamie has to show up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has kind of a moment of honesty in terms of, and this will always get me because as a parent and as a son myself, I think like parent and kid dynamic things. I don't think I got more, I got more emotional after I had children. I think that's maybe just a scientific yeah, thing. <laughs> but um, when he starts talking about, you know, wanting to make his mother proud, like the whole reason he played the game was because of her. And then like other pressures came in, like other, uh, his dad, who was not a nice guy, like mm-hmm. trying to impress him became more important. And he forgot like essentially about the the joy of the game or like playing with other people rather than just trying to be the best or like the most ruthless mm-hmm. um, and not being called soft. For a character like that, who you despise most of the show, like he has a moment there. And yeah. so I enjoyed that that heartwarming moment but i definitely i mean it would fall short of the dart mm-hmm. the, the dart scene most definitely i think one the thing is again an honorable mention would be the the sequence where ted finally lets michelle go like when that just the way that whole sequence sure. was shot i think that got me emotionally the most right. like i was you know definitely kind of tearing up just based on the delivery and how it was filmed in the rain and everything else that was going on that was probably a, a pretty close second for me too right yeah i rewatched <laughs> that scene I have problems with the Michelle situation, <laughs> I so I couldn't go with that one. But what did get me on that one was at the very end, when he's done, Beard comes out with the beer for yeah. him. They sit at the bench sadly. The, the music plays. They cheers. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Best scene in the whole show, Tom. I kind of already gave mine, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step and let you have this one. It's got to go to my boy, Nate. Uh, the locker room sequence where he's telling off the entire team. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, it was just such a great, like, I already kind of loved Nate in the beginning. Um, I always loved the kind of the shy, quiet characters. I also love characters that, like, like talk super fast and, like, get through their stuff because I always feel like I miss stuff the first time around. Sure. So it's fun to rewatch. Um, but him just decimating the team, starting out super slow with Isaac, kind of telling them, you know, hey, you're – more concerned about looking tough than actually being tough. Sure. And he gives a Mandela line to Sam, tells um, Colin about like whether he's a Brazilian, whether he waxes his uh, body body hair. Sure. Body hair. Um, he talks about Danny Rojas and football is life. Well, he's like, well, if football is life, then your defense is death. <laughs> um, and then that final sequence of that with him confronting Roy and Roy just kind of standing up and, you know, could have intimidated uh, Nate to just not say anything, sure. but Nate still, he's, he sits there, he holds his ground, even though seemingly Roy is like three feet taller than right. him in this right. scene. Um, but he tells him like it is. He tells him like, hey, you're you're old, you're slow, um, you're your, not what you used to your be. Your focus drifts. Your focus drifts is a great line. <laughs> uh, but I love the lines like, you used to play angry. You were walking around like you're angry at the grass. And um, again, it was just great. And it was that I think was a catalyst for Nate to to have him kind of turn in the right. whole team to be able to kind of get on board with him because it was like a little mini roast that he was doing. And there was, like Ted said, there was nobody else on the team that could have given that speech and had the same impact. If Beer right. would have gave it, Ted would have given it, wouldn't have been the same. And it was just, it was hilarious. It was uh, shot very, very well and did a lot of character development. Right. No, great scene. I agree with you. And one of the things that I continue to enjoy about that scene is at this point, the team is kind of in Nate's corner. So when he's up there, like nervously, mm-hmm. they're like, no, man, you can do you it. it. You, you can do it. it. And then it's like, oh, no, he's going to like 
open all our souls up and read it to the room. That was Sam's response. Sam's like, who's the second one? He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then Colin's like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, great scene. Uh, I love it. No surprise that you picked a, that you picked a Nate scene. Next thing I want to talk about is if you could make a major change. And I kind of thought of this as like, if I could insert an episode into the season, okay. like what would I pitch? Yeah. And so what Let me I do was... it, if I may, because I think I've, you've got a better uh, answer for this than I do. So I kind of thought about this when you put in the outline. My kind of general thought was trying to make Rupert a little bit more, not necessarily likable, but just more like understandable. Because I felt like he was just too villainous. Okay. This is like a lot of like superhero movies. Like if the villain is just literally out there to Be get the hero, right? Like there's I, you don't appreciate it or like it much. That's why like a lot of DC superhero movies are kind of boring and garbage because their villains are terrible. Sure. So I think that one thing about Rupert, if they would have given him some sort of humanity or whatever, like they did with Jamie, like right. Jamie was a heel. You hated him, but then you understood why. I think this season would have benefited from having some sort of thing because he right. just would constantly come in to just constantly um, put Rebecca down and just be the catalyst for Rebecca to do other stuff. Sure. So you wanted a scene where like Rupert as a baby is in like a carriage <laughs> and his parents don't want him. So they like take him over to a bridge and they throw him over the into the water and he floats through the sewer. Mm -hmm. And then there's a bunch of like soccer balls that live in the sewer. Oh, I thought you were And he's raised <laughs> by soccer balls. And then he becomes like the soccer ball man. And that's how he earns all of his millions. Uh, that would have been pretty awesome. And then Batman fights him. <laughs> I, I agree. They should have had an episode of that. You nailed it, man. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's yeah, like we can read can, each other's sandwiches. I can read your sandwich. Um... <laughs> My well, here was the one that I thought about because, and I think you talked about it um, a couple of times, just in terms of like turns that happened for the sake of the show. Um, but one of the things I really wanted was the episode where they're all burning things, they're getting rid of the ghost. Like Jamie's on board, he tells his story. Mm -hmm. They drink the mezcal, like they're singing their song. Um, well, that very next, or actually the end of that episode, yeah, the next Jamie's scene. gone. Yeah. What I wish they would have done there, and I'm not a television writer, you know, I've written several movies, you know, that's yeah. beside the point. And a book. Uh, and a book. Um, Do you want to plug your book? No, my best, <laughs> my best writing is about the soccer ball man uh, fighting <laughs> Batman. I recently told you about it. Um, the... What I wanted out of that is for that one to end with them bonding at the at the bonfire, mm -hmm. and then the next episode being like things working, like mm. Jamie's in, they've got Danny Rojas, Roy and Jamie are like building on something, mm -hmm. and we have like an episode of maybe there's some conflict, but like we see that it works, yeah. like Ted's philosophy has worked. And then what you make it as is like Rebecca is seeing like, oh, no, like mm -hmm. he's he's righted the ship. This is going well. Yep. And then at the end of that one, they get rid of Jamie. I just want I wanted to see it was like such a quick like you get the satisfaction of, oh, Jamie's bought in like mm -hmm. Jamie. And it's almost so short that you wonder, like, did Jamie just give that speech about like his family and Agreed. stuff Agreed. that like he is on board? So it's a very small nitpick, but it would have been fun to have the episode where, like, all your favorite characters are working together 
you know, they win a game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't even care about the soccer part of it, but like through, you know, practice, you see them working together and then you like rip my heart out yeah. by taking him like, away. Like, yeah, exactly. Like Jamie and Roy are not going to become best buds or sure. whatever. They're not going to get matching best friend necklaces, but like, they're still going to have a little dichotomy, but they'll pass to each other in practice or they'll, yeah, get along to a, to a point. I do like, once now that you say that, I feel like they had to have done that or, or scripted that out in the writers' room at least initially, and say, um, like, so you think my it. idea is unoriginal? Is no, no, no. I know. I, I think it's it's very well said, and I think brilliant, b- brilliant. Thank almost. you. Like Trent Krim level. Sorry, it looked like you were trying to form that word, so I wanted to help <laughs> I you out. I appreciate it. Uh, it's like leading me in and uh, leading me on to say a specific phrase when you're interviewing me. Yes. Like, oh, is that how you felt? That's exactly how I felt. Okay. Um, but uh. I agree. Like, I think that the, that middle could have been a lot more impactful to show that Ted and Beard's uh, process works. And I'm wondering if they tried to keep it in that nice, tight and pretty 10 episode kind of arc right. of sequence. Like to me, I could care less if it's 10 episodes, 11 episodes, nine. Like if you got a story to tell, tell it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But it's a really good, really good call out. Thank you. Best running gag, Tom. Did you have a Did you have a running gag that went through the show that you really felt strongly about? I thought about this for a while, and I really couldn't come up with any like a great running gag that was the whole time. I want to hear yours. So I also thought this was interesting. I was like, oh, there's things that they do through, but then I thought it about it, and there's like stuff they'll do for an episode or two, maybe or like two, but then it kind of goes away, yeah. like. My favorite one in the beginning of the season is when they'd be like, oh, so if I'm, you know, if I get fired putting uh, my cleats in the trunk of a car, you got the boot, putting your boots in the boot or whatever. And then they do the one about, so if I'm reading the seminal works of (laughs) such and such, such and such, and then he like zags at him at the end. They never do that again. Like, it's just in that. But I thought that would have been a funny, like, I'm sure those ones are difficult to come up with. Maybe they're not, but... Well, they did. I mean, you can argue they did. Maybe didn't do that exact like gag, if you will. But they did sing similar, or they kept kind of playing on the whole like English versus like um, American versions of words and things like that. Like sure. how they call the uh, lesser league the championship league, and they kind of make fun of that and the irony right. and that. So there's still some of it, but yeah, definitely not as much. Right. So mine was I like, and they got a lot of distance out of uh, Roy's age. And making fun (laughs) of Roy's age. Uh, Jamie has some great zingers. And then other people get in on it every once in a while. Even in the last episode, Ted's like, give it up for Roy. He chased down his grandson. (laughs) Like the the Roy being old jokes, I felt was a fun, you know, maybe that doesn't count as a running gag. But it was something that uh, got brought up. We'll call it a callback. Mm. Uh, My favorite callback was when Sam gets injured and Roy tells him to stay down, yeah. stand up, wave like you could bravely go on. And then Roy does it in the last episode. <laughs> that was my favorite callback, just that moment. Because if I was in the crowd, I would have just been like a sucker for that. I would have been like, oh Tom, Tommy's injured, but he can he can still do it, man. He can still do it. Yeah. I'd be super pumped. But um that's just some of the acting that goes into the game that is the most beautiful game it is it is pretty gorgeous 
So no no callbacks or running gags that you really love. No, I mean the only thing I think of is like the, the be a goldfish thing, you know, because they kind of start sure. the, the series off with him telling Sam not to be a goldfish or to be a goldfish, excuse me, to kind of forget and, and, and move on, don't let things like linger and, and pester. Right. Which I mean maybe they don't necessarily say the phrase be a goldfish, but I think Ted clearly does that at a certain point. Like mid season he goes through a divorce and he realizes he's gotta move on with his life and, and does it. Um so yeah, maybe maybe you can call that a callback, but or not necessarily a running gag, but I don't know. Sure. Okay. Well, now the moment we've all been waiting for. But before we dive into that, maybe we should take a break. Let's take a quick. Let's take a break. Now the moment I've been anticipating this whole season is <laughs> we are going to play a little game of trivia. Both mm-hmm. Tom and I came up with some questions for the other. Uh, we would love you as an audience to play along, keep your own score, and then send your score to the White House. Um, so that <laughs> 1600 can, Pennsylvania Ave. It can go into the Congressional Archives of something, Washington Monument Library. So um, Tom's going to start. He's going to ask his questions of me, and I predict that I will get everyone almost right. Okay. <clears throat> now, I have five trivia questions. I might come up with more. Let's find out. Sure. They're going to start a little easier, and then they'll get a little more, more difficult. It's <laughs> never good. Are you ready? I was born ready, Tom. <clears throat> what newspaper does reporter Trent Krim write for? Trent Krim <laughs> writes for... I'm going to allow the audience to think about it for a moment, because I know the answer. I know the answer is not the Daily Planet, as Todd or Ted Todd Ted Todd Ted makes the joke. He works for and writes for the Independent because he's Trent Krim of the Independent. That is correct. You got it right. You one point for me. If you're keeping score at home, I have one point. Some of my questions have bonus questions within them. So we'll just go ahead and separate them out since I only came up with five. So you have five questions, but really you have like twenty. Yeah, for funsies. Wonderful. All right, what? college football team does Ted coach in the Americas before joining AFC Richmond? It's a great question, Tom. And since I watched them play, I know the answer to this. Okay, interesting. Are bonus questions worth worth more? Bonus questions will be uh, one-third of the value. Okay. Can I wager the point I already have on this question? <laughs> you not. Okay. Uh, he uh, coached Wichita State. Wichita State University is the correct answer. Thank you. Two bonus, points. Bonus no question. 1.3 points. What is the mascot and what is the mascot's name? Oh, what is the mascot and what is the mascot's name? <laughs> I'm going to say the mascot is a... So the mascot of Wichita State <laughs> is a hawk and his name is uh, John Hawk. <laughs> no, it is a bundle of wheat. <laughs> And the mascot's name is Wooshock. <laughs> Wooshock. It's just, I, I say that because, like, the shirt that Ted is wearing, like, it has the logo, and it's like a, a fighting thing of okay, wheat that has, like, we... all messy hair sure. or whatever. Uh, yeah, and apparently the name is Wooshock, so. Incredible. So I have one point. <laughs> one point. Two. One point. Those were both just, bonuses. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Question number three. AFC Richmond Stadium. What is the name of the stadium? The name of the AFC Richmond Stadium. So you're talking about in real life, or are you talking about... That is the bonus question. Okay. I believe the name of the stadium is 
Richmond Stadium. No. Greyhound Stadium. <laughs> no. Dang it. You didn't, you didn't even get the nickname. It's like the Dog Pound, I think, or the... Do they call the Dog Pound? They might. I don't know. But the actual name of the stadium is Nelson Road Stadium. Nelson Road Stadium. Nelson Road Stadium. No, and I... where I will I will accept. Are, have, are we in the hard questions or are we still in the easy questions? Um, this is probably the harder of the questions. Okay, wonderful. <clears throat> and do you know the real stadium that is actually the scene of there? I'm going to say like uh, Wexham. <laughs> No. Weckhams. And I've said this on the pod multiple times. I know, but I don't listen. <laughs> I don't listen to you. <laughs> uh, it's Selhurst Park, which is where Crystal Palace plays. Got it. So, um, it's a two-parter. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Question number four. Name the two commentators for all AFC Richmond games. I'll right. accept first or last names okay. of the commentators. One's Arlo White. Very good. Okay. And the other one is uh, Sir Bagginsley of Bagginsville, <laughs> Hampshire. <laughs> Close. Chris Powell. Chris, Chris Powell. Powell. Okay. Two very famous English announcers. Okay. So those that was worth two points, and I get one point. <laughs> you got so one I'm point. at two points right now. Okay. What is the name of the pub that we frequent throughout the series? Oh, the name of the pub, which is run by the publican. The publican. It is not the Winchester, a la Shaun of the Dead. No, it is not. It's called... Even though there is a player on AFC Richmond whose last name is Winchester. Oh, I like to think that is a... Uh, a callback. A callback. Well, a callback, but a, a reference, if you will. Um, I'm going to say... And what's silly about this is I told you the name you of sure this. sure did. During <laughs> I asked the pod. It is the Anchor and Rope. Oh, close. The Crown and Anchor. The Crown and Anchor. The, the most British of names of pubs. Yes. Like, they should have called it Heart of Oak and then sang the British naval song. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So I'm at two points. At two points. Uh, the last question I have, I could probably come up with some more, but this is the last one I got. What is black and white and red all over? What is black and white and red all over? Oh, I know this. Good for you. This is in reference to the lion or panda debate. Correct. And this is a panda that messes or gets anywhere near a lion. Yes, a panda that gets anywhere near an effing lion per Rebecca. Oh, man. At first, I was like, oh, this is going to be a Ted joke. But then, no, that's great. It's the one time Rebecca tells a joke in the whole, in the whole season. It might have been. All right, very good. So go. I get three points did well. out of what was essentially 7.3 questions. Sure. All right, Tom, are you ready for your questions? I am born ready, my friend. All right. I'm not looking, don't worry. Okay. What book is given oh, to Sam boy. Oh, boy. in uh, Trent Grimm, The Independent, Episode 3? Oh, okay. If you can name... Wrinkle in Time is Roy. Okay. That's not the question. I know. But you are I know. Right. This is helping Talk me it through. get to it. Talk it through. Uh, what does this is Sam right? Obasanya, yep. What does he get? Oh. Sam gets a book. Sam gets Ender's Game. Sam does get Ender's Game. Boom. Way to look at the answer. Good for you. Boom. Okay. What is uh, what does Jamie get? I was trying. That's what I was also trying to think. Uh, Jamie gets. Um, he gets like a Gatsby type book. Yeah, right? the something in the damned. Okay, like F the, be F the beautiful, beautiful in the damned. F, F Scott, Scott okay. Fitzgerald. Okay. You're nice. right. Okay, now I've got to cover the answers because Tom is one hundred. I'm not looking. Move cheating. the computer. I'm not cheating. I can't move the computer. It's stationary. <laughs> Second question for Tom. Tom's one for one right now. 
he's trying to beat my three out of seven point three. Um, this question is worth one point. <laughs> okay. What is Roy's niece's name? Phoebe. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Think about it. What is Roy's niece's name? I think it's Phoebe. I'm gonna need a last name as well. Phoebe. Kent? Cannot be because it's Roy's sister's kid, if I remember, because she said no electronics. Well, who had, <laughs> we don't know if Roy's sister kept her. She could have kept her maiden name. That's correct. It's uh, Phoebe. That's so correct. So I get two points for you that. You have two points. I get three points. Okay. Question number three, Tom. Yep. I'm glad I made mine easy for you and you drug me through the dirt. <laughs> Question three. Yep. In the suggestion box... What does Roy say he hopes Ted chokes on? Hmm. And Beard goes, Roy. Um, they want a better shower pressure. Think about it. What do most Americans choke on? Oh, not it's, that. Uh, um, a Big Mac. Is it a Big Mac it's or a McDonald's Mac. burger? It's a Big Mac, Tom. Good yes. job. Three so, for three. Because he made the clown reference. Of Ronald McDonald. We called it back to the clown. That was a good one. Three for three. If you're listening to this in a car or while working out, please shout out your score right now. We'll give you a moment. Are people looking at you? Wonderful. All right. So Tom's three for three. Tom's tied my score at this point, yep. and he still has seven questions. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Tom, what is it called when a word becomes a sound? What is it called when a word becomes a sound? It's not Schoenfreuden. Nope, not Schoenfreuden. Um, it is... Let me remove that question because that's next. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. Oh gosh, it's. Is it semantic satiation? Tom, you're pretending like you don't know the answer. <laughs> no, I don't know. I remember it was satiation. Them. I didn't remember if it was semantic or like something else. Is it semantic? It's semantic. Satiation. For a bonus point, a half a bonus point, okay. word for word, give me the definition. Word for word. Semantic satiation is the repeating of a word to the point where it does not make sense. No, I'm sorry. You missed that. <laughs> it's a psychological phenomenon in which repetition causes a word or phrase to temporarily lose meaning for the listener, who then <laughs> perceives the speech as repeating meaningless sounds. Extended inspection or analysis staring at the word or phrase for a lengthy period of time in place of the repetition also produces the same effect. So you were close. That's pretty much what you I were said. very close. All right. What is the enjoyment attained from the troubles of others? <laughs> Schadenfreude. 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 Say that twelve times fast. Don't I mean, get if you're German, it's probably easy. What war? This is question number six. We skipped five because you answered it before the question was even asked. <laughs> what war was the stadium used as a recruiting ground for? The Richmond Stadium. Which war? Um. <clears throat> That'll be uh, the American Civil War. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's one or two. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's got to be one. World War One. World War One. Tom, you are currently uh, six for six. Incredible I'm, work. I'm kicking a thousand, friend. as they would say. You're kicking a thousand. <laughs> You're a real goal scorer. What? Okay. Question number seven. Okay. What does Richard cast into the fire what does he covet so much that he gives it up to the ghosts oh richard is our our frenchman richard yes he nobody understands you he's <laughs> complaining yeah. 
Um, he puts in a vial of sand from a beach. Do I need to name the beach? Um, no. From uh, Barbados? If you're right, no. You don't have to name no. the beach. No, it's not Barbados. It's St. Martin? St. Beach from St. Martin. Yeah, St. Croix. St. Croix. Okay, like that, one of the yeah. saints where he uh, made love to his supermodel girlfriend. The first time first he made time. love to a model or yeah. to a supermodel. <laughs> I almost said Lamborghini keys, but realized in no, last minute Colin. that is Colin. No, yep. Richard cries, and Colin says, "Be sad because, or be happy because it happened, <laughs> or something like that." All right, seven for seven, good for you, Tom. Apparently, I did not go nearly as difficult. Listen, I, these are these are probably tough questions. The fact that we've recorded a podcast and watched every one of these episodes multiple times might be doing it. We'll be no, interested to see what our audience. No excuses. Says. Play like a champion. This one is a bit of a trick question. All answers are valid. Okay. What activity can Jamie not do alone, apparently? What activity? <laughs> Don't Jamie... think about it too hard. Um, what activity can Jamie not do alone, apparently? What is so unbearable? Pavlov? Pa- Pavlovian, Pavlovian things? No, not well. Sure. <laughs> I guess it could turn into that. I don't know, man. I'm blanking on this one. What can Jamie How not do alone? How long is a man meant to be alone? Oh, is it, uh, is it just literally make love? Because he had <laughs> no. to uh, shower? It's shower, it's my just friend. It's shower. It is shower. But it yes, needed help. Yes. So, very good. <laughs> you got shower. I would have accepted... Um, no, make love. You can... Never mind. Okay. Uh, question number nine. That's what a wanker is, man. Somebody oh, that's man. alone in their own thoughts. Somebody <laughs> wants to be alone in their thoughts. Number nine. What bet? Does Lasso pay to Beard at the end of episode one? Hmm. It's funny, though, because he paid it right after episode one and not until episode 10, like this podcast and somebody paying off a bet. But anyways. Yeah, well, I don't coach Premier Soccer League, so I don't have this <laughs> salary to play, pay a $5 bet. I had to scrimp and save. I had to tell uh, the kids the Tooth Fairy wasn't showing up. Um, it is Ted's usage of the phrase into pitch. No, casually into no. saying it into a into his. No, yes. it's not into yes. pitch. Yes, into touch. Oh, Thomas. man. Is yes. Thomas, I'm sorry, Thomas. Thomas. Got the phraseology mixed up. It's into pitch or into touch, which is on the pitch when it goes out of bounds. Yes, exactly. So you are now eight of nine, okay. and the last question. Yep. Here we go. You almost had it perfect. Almost. But it's not about wins or losses, Tom. No, it's about uh, teaching these kids. Are you trying to teach me how to be a better man? Yes, and that's why we get to question number 10. Okay. Which is, which of the Ten Commandments does Ted break? <laughs> um, the... Which of the Ten Commandments does Ted Lasso break in season one? I know it. Thou shalt not steal, because he stole my heart. Uh... That is an acceptable answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ding, 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 ding. Um, we would have also accepted adultery, um, <laughs> coveting someone else's ox, and <laughs> and lastly, not keeping the Sabbath holy, because I'm pretty sure they play on Sundays. Anyways, uh, you win the trivia game, Tom. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey, those are good questions, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. And then finally, this brings us to a little game I like to call Island Buddies, which is... <laughs> You're stuck on a desert island, Tom. Picture yourself on St. Croix. Mm. There's no supermodels in sight. The, the the sand is a little bit warm, not from the sun, but from two bodies. There will be supermodels in sight. Okay. Interesting. 
We are going to draft each of us three characters from the show mm -hmm. that we would like to spend. You're stuck on a desert island. You don't know if you're going to escape. This mm -hmm. isn't vacation time. Mm -hmm. This is survival. Of course. This is like um, the game we sometimes play with books. And Oh, sorry. That's probably very loud. <laughs> <in> your paper. <laughs> um, sorry, there goes my answers. <laughs> Who would you spend? You're stuck on a desert island, Tom. What three characters would you uh, spend them with? I'll let you draft first. Let's go one for one, right? Yeah, one for mm -hmm. one. Okay. We cannot pick the same. So if I've got to go, now my number one, it's got to be Keely. She's fun. Go on. She's incredibly fun. She'd be a fun person to be on a stuck on an island with. Okay. She's incredibly resourceful. We've seen that she's a jack of all trades. She can do a little bit of everything. Um, 100% Keely. Okay, jack of all trades in terms of like cut she, down coconut trees and build listen, shelter. Not everybody needs to be like like a. I know, I'm interested to see where you go now. Okay, you don't need everybody to uh, like chop down trees. I can chop down some trees. I'm stuck on the island, but I need I need somebody that's an idea. Stuck person. on the island? What was? If I'm stuck on. Oh, the you're island. stuck on the island. Okay, uh, different <laughs> phrasing. Phrasing. Anyways, um, I mean. Here were my top choice. Well, no, no, my, you're, you're up next. Who's okay. your next? Originally, I was just going to say Rebecca Keeley and Bex, but okay. then I got in trouble. So, oh, um, <laughs> here's here's where I went, and the most obvious answer is Beard, Coach Beard. That was top most toward my list. Coach Beard is a guy that is going to know how to survive. Mm -hmm. He's read the books. He's studied. He's read the books. He's read the books on survival. Uh, he's probably got a big uh, dictionary hollowed out with matches, uh, a hatchet, and all those things in it. He's the Dwight of yes. any of this. So, yeah. uh, Beard, he's resourceful. Uh, he's even keeled, you know? He's mm -hmm. not going to... Actually, no. now that I think of Beard, might... would Beard murder me in my sleep? <laughs> yeah. He's got kind of that mentality. Yeah, Bird, uh, Beard's a bit of an enigma. Like, he, I agree. He'd probably be a great survivalist, but, yeah, is... if. If he decides that the group isn't going well and needs to eat somebody, Beard's going to make that decision first, and he's going to eat you. Yeah, he's going to eat you. I'm still sticking with Beard. I think Beard and I okay. make a good make a good team, and uh, he is very resourceful. Okay. So, who's number two for you, Tom? Uh, or is my, this a snake draft where I get to go next? No, this is not a snake draft. Okay. I get to go next. <clears throat> uh, my boy Nate. First off, you can have him. <laughs> you can have him. Nate's intelligent. Sure, he, he's going to get stuff done. Sure, if I task Nate something. He's going to get it done. Sure. He could polish the heck out of a boot. <laughs> he could probably make some... He, we, we've already seen he makes fantastic sports drinks. I'm assuming he's going to make fantastic island drinks as well. Okay. Um, and uh, he's just an all-around great human being. Nate. Okay. Nate all day long. No, I would not take Nate. Mm -hmm. I would say that Nate, uh, if Beard is my other person and I took Nate, uh, Beard and I would quietly determined that we're going to eat Nate because Nate looks delicious. <laughs> he looks delicious. He looks like a treat. Um, my second one is 100% Sam. Sam Obasanya. Here's why I would go with Sam Obasanya. Mm -hmm. Sam Obasanya is positive, uh, relentlessly positive, super nice, and he just seems like someone I could spend the rest of my waning years on an island with mm -hmm. and like have a wonderful time. He also looks like someone who would not be afraid to help put up a shelter uh, and do those sorts of things. So I'm going with Sam. I'm going very heavily on the manual labor pieces. Well, I don't want to do the work. <laughs> so my hope is that I have some people that can help me out. 
Um, actually, I'd love to build a palm frond hut at some point in my life. So I'm going Beard and Sam. Okay, Beard, Sam. Okay, so you took Beard. You yep. gave him another one. I mean, I feel remiss if we don't pick Ted. I'm not going to pick him, but I would feel remiss if we don't. So I'm going to pick... Henry, you're taking his son. I'm oh, not no. Taking, I'm not taking his son. I'm going to take Roy. Okay. I feel like... If I've Talk got, me through that decision. If I've got Nate on the island, I've got my smart, funny, intelligent guy. Sure. I've got Keeley as my fun-loving, uh, resourceful, jack-of-all-trades. You, you, you ask her to do something, she's going to get it done because she can get things done. So i got my two people that can get things done. Mm -hmm. uh, I need Roy to be my buddy, to be my chum on the island that we can just shoot the stuff with. We can curse all day long and have a great time with it. Um, He's likely one that can help me build a shelter. Uh, I'm assuming if we get uh, attacked by like uh, an invasive species, he'd be the one that sure. could help, uh, you know, chop down said species. Sure. And uh, what type of species are you being attacked by? Are these I don't know. trees? Are I don't these know. velociraptors? I don't know, man. Have you seen uh, the? There's that movie with the vines that attack people. I have not seen this movie. Mm. The internet's going to yell at me for not knowing the name of this movie. There's a movie where they're like on a pyramid and vines just start attacking people. I'm assuming that's going to happen in our island situation. Okay. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Roy. I think it's interesting that when you're like, hey, I want to be buddies with someone, where you choose Roy, the most yeah. like obstinate, uh, prickly member of the cast. I can get past that exterior. <clears throat> I think in the first week, Roy beats you up and sends <laughs> you to the other part of the island where you live in isolation. And then Nate, Keely, and Roy uh, all live in great joy without you. And... Listen, will it happen? Probably. Okay. My <laughs> last one. Listen, you took beard. I had to go Roy. Sure. No, it makes sense. Yeah. My last one uh, is the obvious choice. I'm going with Bex. <laughs> Here's why I'm going with Bex. If Bex can put up with Rupert, Bex can put up with anyone. Mm. And I am not necessarily the easiest person to get along with or be with. So my assumption is that Bex would probably allow me to be pretty grumpy um, and pretty unpleasant, but not be, like, hateful towards me. So now, I don't want to make any judgment calls on Bex. She seems like a delightful person. Seems lovely. I the fact Owner that of a football team. you're on a desert island and you don't have a whole lot of money could hinder like Bex's niceness to you. But I, I feel like that's a big part of of her affinity with Rupert. I could be wrong. Maybe he's a, a classy gentleman what elsewhere. If we're in a place where the currency's coconuts and I have all the <laughs> coconuts, uh, I'm sticking with it. So my team is. I was gonna make a lovely bunch of coconuts reference, but I'm like, yeah. It's, too soon. too soon. Too soon. Too <laughs> soon. All those coconuts. All right. Uh, let me just put it, the the people into the island calculator, and we die after three days. <laughs> so, and you live forever and uh, have other islands join you into some sort of large nation. Okay. Last thing we wanted to do. We both had a chance to watch the season two trailer mm -hmm. in preparation of uh, watching it and, and going through it. Obviously, I've tried to avoid as much as I could yep. in terms of the news. Watching the season two trailer, 
do you do you have strong impressions about going into do you feel like it revealed all that much about season two uh, yeah i mean it, it was a good trailer of short and sweet um i generally like staying away from trailers like for movies and things like that because i feel like if it's a movie i know i'm gonna watch i don't need to watch a trailer for it i know i'm gonna go in the theater i don't want jokes and that kind of stuff uh, given but this trailer was i i think it did Good to kind of set up what we're in for um, in terms of some still some struggling team dynamics. Uh, it looks like we've got some penalty kick issues with our boy Danny Rojas. Uh, he missed quite a few during the uh, the sequence. Um, surprisingly missing throughout this uh, trailer was Roy. I don't think Roy showed up once. Yeah, Roy's not in there at all. Um, there is somebody kissing Keely, so and it happens very quickly. So I'm assuming that's Roy, but it'll be interesting no, to see no. what happens there. Maybe it's someone else. Yeah. Maybe it's Joy. <laughs> um, but we do get to meet uh, Boy, Boy Joy, <laughs> Boy Joy, Roy's alter ego. <laughs> yeah, so because we, we get to meet, we get to meet Led Tasso, which apparently is Ted Lasso's alter ego, which I'm assuming is going to be a callback to the original YouTube videos. That is how we got Ted Lasso. Mm. Because if you go back and watch the um, the NBC promo videos they did sure. when NBC got Premier League and they did Ted Lasso and Jason Sudeikis' little bits. He was not the same fun-loving, optimistic Ted Lasso we know from the show. Yeah, he's a bit more, he's, a, he's yeah. a bit more direct, and he's yelling at people and all this kind of stuff. So I'm assuming they're going to kind of do a play on that, which is a lot of fun. But um, my there is a lot of soccer in that. There was so like the show, as we discovered in season one, not about <laughs> soccer. It's not like that's that's I, kind of a through line. Yeah, but like. The woes in the trailer seem to be about soccer. Mm -hmm. My question is, are they back in the Premier League or are they... Because Ted says something like, you know, how often does someone like us win the whole thing? Mm -hmm. And Higgins says, not for 40 years. So are we going to do a time jump where we're back in the Premier League, you think? Yeah, I think I think you Because might... my thought was yeah. we go down, we yep. play a season in the lower, in the champion mm, championship league. Championship league, the chocolate chip league, as I like to call it. <laughs> Most people do. You'll know what I'm talking about out there. Um, my I'm... championship heads, my chocolate chip heads. <laughs> Dang it. I'll get there. Um <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and then go back up because it's a three season show. We thought, yes, we apparently were, were wrong. I mean, when the trailer didn't specifically say that, but I agree. Reading between the lines, it does seem like they're back in the Premier League pretty quickly. Okay. Um, we'll see. No Jamie either. Did you see Jamie in there? No Tart. No Jamie, no Tart, no Roy, no Kent, no Tart. Um, <laughs> that's how I order my coffee. Um, <laughs> Extra large coffee, grande, no, no Kent, no Tart. No, no Kent, no Tart. Uh, I've been escorted out of a lot of coffee <laughs> shops, mainly because I don't drink coffee. Uh, Queen playing. Yeah. You could probably put Queen in every, any uh, trailer and it'll go well. I don't technically think that was Queen. It, it was under pressure. It is Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. I don't think it's actually Queen doing the instrumentals. I could oh, be wrong. So it's the Diamond Dogs. Yeah. The original Diamond it's Dogs. Yeah. Uh, let's try to think of the, the two. I don't know. Terriers was the only alliteration I had from the the. the the two singing terriers. Sure, sure. Wonderful. Let's go with that. Um, uh, the parallel line terriers. If you're looking for a shape <laughs> with two things in it, you're welcome. But we still got a lot of dynamic. We've got, you know, Higgins is still still there. We got Nate on the sidelines with uh, Beards, and I was officially the, the uh, assistant coach. Nate's, so they're all kind of there. Nate's dressed in like a three piece suit with like. An, uh, did you notice he's not in his tracksuit garb? Yeah, he's well, in like a, on the sidelines. He was in his tracksuit garb, but is there another shot where he was? Oh, there were several shots where he's uh, in a okay. suit. I assume he goes like professional manager suit guy. That'd be classy. Yeah, that <laughs> would be classy. Mm -hmm. 
My favorite moment is when Led Tasso calls them turd birds. <laughs> turd birds, touch your toes. Yeah. I touch everybody else's toes. Yeah. I don't know. It did not give me all that much other than uh, a lot of soccer. There seems to be some Christmas stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he opens the window and he's like, oh, what day is it today, child? And the child's like, oh, it's Christmas morn. So they apparently do a <laughs> Christmas story. Yeah, I think I did see that. He, he becomes Scrooge. Um, I'm glad they kind of did a bunch of soccer because we know the show isn't necessarily about soccer. I don't think season two is going to be heavily soccer focused, I would imagine. But in a trailer, I like that they're not throwing away or using a lot of their good jokes or whatever. They're hopefully saving that for the actual episodes. Sure. Well, my yeah. takeaway from it is I know nothing more about season two <laughs> than I did not watching the trailer. Yep. And I am very interested in starting the next leg of our journey. I think it's only 10 episodes. It's 10 episodes, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next time you guys hear us, we will be talking about season two, episode one mm-hmm. of Ted Lasso. Thank you for letting us go through some of our favorite parts of season one. Thank you for listening for through season one. Um, please post your scores once again on the government website <laughs> that you're allowed to, whatever government website you're allowed to Twitter at. Please send them no context. Just send them the numbers of your score. Yep. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's been uh, an absolute blast doing season one. Can't wait for season two. It's been such a fun show. Um, So thank you again for bringing me along on this journey. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, one of our listeners, Carrie, who sent us an email with some some feedback on some of our conversations. Uh, We really appreciate it um, uh, that you guys are listening and and interacting with us. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll see you during season two. I've been Julian. And I've been Tom of Team Binge. (laughs) Bye-bye. Goodbye.